Welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I am Gareth Jones. With me today... Hello, I'm Richard Porter. Richard just got back from the uh, Geneva Auto Show. Is that what they call it? Auto Salon? Uh, the Auto Salon, yes. Yeah. The Palexpo in Geneva. Just one day there. But one's enough. The genius of Geneva is that it's a very small show. So you can walk around it in a day. But you're going to start with the big headline news. Uh, Maserati have made something rather nice, haven't they? Yeah, the Gran Turismo, which is the replacement for the Maserati Coupe, which was frankly never particularly good. The thing about the Maserati is I always think motor shows, I used to go to motor shows when I was a kid, and you know, Jaguar XJ220, that kind of thing, make you leap up and down with excitement. Yeah. The Maserati was the one that made me leap up and down with excitement. Because you might have seen the photos of it, and I don't think the photos entirely do it justice. It's a very elegant car. Having not seen it in the flesh, unlike you, my impression of it is that this thing is lower and flatter than an Elise and broader than a Diablo or something. Mm, it's probably not, that's the thing. It, it's not a small car, but it just has this fantastically sharky nose. And then in the pictures, the back looks, to my mind, a little bit too low. But actually, it just gives us this elegance. And I think when they do the convertible, that will be storming because they'll take the roof yeah. off and it'll just it'll be such a pretty, pretty car. And it's the first car, the Gran Turismo, the Maserati Gran Turismo, as far as I know, is the first car to be named after a video game, uh, apart from, of course, the Vauxhall Bandicoot. Uh, yeah, and uh, there was also the Peugeot Chucky Egg. Uh, oh, yeah, the that, Peugeot yeah. Chucky Egg, I forgot about that. And the uh, it was Reliant Sonic the Hedgehog, was it? Was it Reliant? Uh, yeah, replaced the Jet Set Willy in yeah. their age. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Stop, stop being silly now. <laughs> no, I like it. Uh, no, okay, let's be really silly. Uh, because um, perhaps the rival uh, from the pictures I've seen in terms of the most beautiful car at the show in Geneva there, uh, to rival the Gran Turismo, perhaps the the 8C Competizione, the oh, Alfa Romeo. Oh, good God. Now, we do like Italian sports cars, oh, don't if, we? If we're talking about actually jumping up and down with excitement like a five-year-old, the 8C Competizione was... Just stunning, and and actually, um, what colour was it then? Well, it was black, and only all the pictures in the magazines and the newspapers have been of a red car. It was black with a red leather interior, and it has uh, a very very tiny boot with a lit- just basically a little slot like a VHS cassette slot in the back. Uh, but they make fitted luggage for it. The fitted luggage was red leather, and all the interior was red leather, and it was black. It was. Beautiful. It was so beautiful, it distracted people from the most beautiful girls at the motor show, which were on the Alfa Romeo stand. Let me just get this clear here. Alfa Romeo, Italian company? Yes. Yeah, thought so. <laughs> Can I tell you something else as well? Uh, yeah. a, a very uh, senior executive from a very large car company. Uh, I was talking to him and, and, and I said, what you, what's your tip for the show? And he said, get yourself over to the Alfa Romeo stand because some of the girls are wearing very, very short skirts <laughs> and the floor is very, very polished. Oh, no, and That really? was his tip for the show. And I was <laughs> expecting him to say, come and look at our new product. It's world beating. Yeah. But no, uh, that was his cheeky tip uh, off the record. And, uh, I mean, and he, You can't tell me which, which large I, corporation I he works for. I couldn't possibly tell you because yeah. he, he was actually a really nice guy and I wouldn't want to betray confidence. But uh, he <laughs> was the, yeah... Um, Blue Oval and Gareth um, <laughs> <laughs> Jones on speed lovely now while we're talking about beauty there's a new coupe we mentioned two gorgeous coupes mm-hmm. um, there's a, another coupe in fact a couple I want to talk about at uh, Geneva the first one perhaps not as beautiful in my opinion as it could be the Audi A5 the new Audi coupe yeah um, 
actually incredibly boring. Incredibly boring. Um, I don't know what it's like to drive. This is the first car that's going to be built on this new Audi chassis that has got uh, the engine moved backwards so that the balance of the car is more like a rear-wheel drive car, even Mm -hmm. though it'll be front- or four-wheel drive. So they've spent a load of money doing that, and then they've just dropped on a body that just sort of looks like a two-door A4, really, but with Mm -hmm. this really odd line that runs down the side of it that is sort of like a Bentley. It sort of swoops over the front wheel arch and then dips down across the doors and then swoops back up over the rear wheel arches. Look at the Bentley Continental GT, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? That kind exactly. of line. Yeah. So you stick that on there, but essentially it's a Audi-ish, blocky, sensible, square-cut car. So it'd be like taking some kind of cubist painting and then just doing some kind of doodling <laughs> or a sort of impressionist art over the top of it. It's just odd, and uh, the, the line doesn't fit with the rest of the car, but fundamentally it's incredibly dull. Just a very square-cut two-door saloon with a, a typical Audi interior. It's incredibly well-made, uh, but just a bit dull. But these things don't happen by accident, do they? I reckon that the whole reason for Audi inferring that they've got a slight likeness to Bentley, because they can do that, they're both part of the VAG group, you know, you kind of, they're aspiring up well, their, their maybe, but you know, deliberate. why stop at Bentley? Why not aspire to Lamborghini? They own them as well. Just go completely nuts and give it vents on the wings that open up when it gets hot. I don't know. It just or even Bugatti. I why, think why? they just went to well, exactly. They could have why been don't they remarket the Audi A2 with a thousand horsepower V16 quad turbo engine? Isn't make it? it make it more interesting. I, I don't know why they've done it. I think they just went, they went on a visit to Crew and they saw what they were up to and went, oh yes, we like this. This is nice. So we Oi, come it. back with that. And just yeah, Oi. Uh, and, and then That's they just glued it on, and so uh, and they just probably left uh, Bentley with some really really nice door handles or something. So yeah, it's uh, the Audi A5, disappointing, disappointing car because it could have been, I think, quite cool. You remember the Audi Quattro in the eighties, and even the Audi Coupe, which is a sort of baby version, still quite a cool car. Do you know how cool the Audi Quattro is? Was is right. Jimmy Lee from Slade had one. Really? That's how cool. I did yeah. not know that. I was going to say Walter Roll, but yeah. Oh, he had one, yeah. And I think uh, Hanu Mikola had one, didn't he, as well? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And Michel Mouton as well. They, they all had them. <laughs> Company cars, though. It's not the same. They didn't spend the money on them. <laughs> all right. Same. The final coupe in this block, BMW. Now, we have, a, we have an interesting relationship with BMW, you and I, actually. I think we both feel the same. There are some horrible-looking BMW cars, aren't there? I don't have to yeah. name them. There's some yeah. really very badly, badly... Seven Series! Thank you. Mm. Or even the, the slightly overinflated quality of the current five. Uh, I quite like the five. Uh, if you go up the, up, up the range... Yeah, you have to have big wheels on it, good yeah. colour. But, mm. you know, with the steel wheels, it just looks like someone just left a blancmange out there. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a blancmange or a BMW? Someone's dropped a blancmange on these casters. Why have they done that? And oh, they, no, yeah, it's, it's a BMW 5, five Series. series. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so they don't make great-looking cars, but by gum they go, don't they? And the M Series goes, and there's a new M3. Uh, there's a new M3. Uh, uh, was uh, released at Geneva after months of speculation. And was there a sort of, was there sort of uh, you know, clouds of smoke and angels around it, and were people worshipping it? Like well, it do you know deity? what's funny? Because I was there when they took the covers off it, and they took the covers off at about four o'clock in the afternoon. So it's really odd because you'd spend all day looking at this thing underneath covers, and uh, and then at four o'clock they whipped the cover off, and there was such a big crowd I, I couldn't see, so I went off and um, had a cup of coffee somewhere else, and came back. And it looks terrific. It looks really good. It's sort of quite lumpy. It's got this extraordinarily massive lump in the bonnet, which I think they've done deliberately to say it's got an extraordinarily massive engine because it's got a V8 now instead of the six that it used to have. So it's going to go some. Um, sequential 
flappy uh, paddle gearbox on it and stuff. Uh, and, and it all sounds good. However, I'm saying this as if you can go and buy one tomorrow, and you can't because this is the bizarre conceit of the BMW M cars, and they've done this before, the M5 and the M6, I think, uh, where they, they take the cover off and they go, all right, here's the new BMW M3 <clears throat> concept, and they pretend, even though it looks like a production car that you can go and buy now, that it's a concept. And I don't understand why BMW do that. They, they show you this fabulous thing and they go, no, it's a concept. Do you think this is some kind of mind worm that these BMW people have got? And it's not just in the world of cars, but in other aspects of their life, it's probably exactly the same. They're in denial. Guys, it's so good to have my BMW colleagues around for Sunday lunch. Please sit. Uh, I will get the food. Danke. Uh, this is very kind of you. Here we are. The roast beef, meat, roast potatoes, carrots, peas and gravy. Oh, it looks excellent. Such a powerful stance to these sprouts. The horseradish sauce has a, a dynamic tension to its lines. Wait, wait, what are you doing? We're about to help ourselves to this food. Nein, nein, this is just a concept lunch. Was? This is merely to give you an idea of what the lunch would look like if I was to make it. But it clearly, it looks like lunch. Nein, it may be lunch at some time in the future, but I cannot possibly comment on this at the present time. Well, is there anything we can eat right now? What about that disgusting pudding I can see outside? That is my seven series. Jones on speed! <coughs> yeah! This is Gareth Jones on speed with an, well, not quite live, but just sort of a post facto report of the uh, Geneva Auto Salon, which Richard was at recently. Richard, it's nice to have a chance to talk to you sensibly about cars, because we're usually having a laugh, aren't we? Having a laugh. Having a laugh. Yeah, this is moderately live, and you can tell it's almost live because I'm still incredibly tired from having been at the Geneva show. <laughs> a lot of walking. And strudel. And strudel. I oh, know, strudel wears me out. Toblerone as well. <laughs> oh, exhausting. And constantly having to wind up swatches. <laughs> so, right, OK, talking about Sensible. Yeah. Uh, Opel, General Motors, Vauxhall yeah. have got a new Sensible car. That's quite nice, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is nice. It's funny because you walk onto the GM stand, uh, much like you walk onto the, the Chrysler stand, and you sort of slip on something, you realise it's just puddles of tears. Aww. Because they're, they're, not, they're not doing too well. But um, in Europe, they've, I think, pulled quite a blinder with a new concept car called the GTC, which is um, just this very elegant, handsome, two-door coupe type thing, which a Vauxhall spokesman told me, uh, sort of semi-officially, he went, you have a look at that, and imagine that it's less blingy and a bit taller, and it's got two more doors, that's the new Vectra that is. <laughs> well, to say that's not the new Vectra then, because it's a coupe, but it is a good-looking car, and you can see, actually, they would be able to stretch it into a Vectra-type thing. Imagine this wheelbarrow, right, <laughs> yeah. right, had headlights on it, and had an engine and four wheels. Yeah. It would be a Range Rover. I mean, <laughs> to be Imagine stretch. Luciano Pavarotti. Imagine yeah. if he was a lot thinner and taller <laughs> and better looking. He'd be Harrison Ford. I <laughs> knew this sensible conversation about cars at Geneva mm. wouldn't last long. So it, 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 
looks tidy. I think uh, it, it, now who's designing uh, GM's cars these days? Is Wayne Cherry still influencing? No, he's not, which is a real shame because he did have the best name in car design. Ah, now that's not true actually, because um, I once interviewed the head of colour and trim at Rover. Mm-hmm. His name was Martin Peach, or one of the chief designers at Lotus, uh, Mike Carr. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, but he was born to do it. Yeah. Well, no, he wasn't. He'd have been called Mike Cam, Cam Station. Yeah, that's <laughs> days, <but yeah. laughs> Listen, uh, OK, sensible cars. Mondeo. Now, Mondeo know, indeed, Gareth. You know I love the Ford Motor Company. Yes. And I love the sensible Mondeo. I, yes. I feel a kinship to this car. My dad had four Cortinas in a mm-hmm. row, and I think if you just draw that line, you get to the Mondeo, right? But the Mondeo, the front end of the new car, cracking. Yes. Cracking. Yes. The back end... Pudding. Yes, too fat, too much metal going on. However, a little tip, if you want to see a good-looking Mondeo, estate. As is the modern way. Ah. The estate is the yeah. best-looking off the range, by a mile, actually. Yeah, well, as I always say, the best thing that happened to estate cars was the MPV. It Which made, gave them free range and yeah. sex it up. Made them sporty and cool. I love mm. estate cars, always yeah. had them. Yeah, no, uh, new Mondeo, interesting, because it is a uh, top trivia fact for you. It's mm. as big as a Scorpio. Because I don't make slightly better looking, apart from the bum end. I think yes, quite a lot at the front end. So uh, yeah, big as a Scorpio, and they're making a big deal about it's got more technology than any other car in its class, and all this kind of stuff. Mm. And it is a handsome thing. The interior is pretty good, as long as you avoid the minging wood that was in one of the gear model cars I saw. But the brushed aluminium type stuff is all very pleasant. Yes, was the wood in there as a sort of a a post ironic uh, option pack? I would like to think so. With I a vinyl roof as well. Yeah, that would, <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic, yeah. With a multimedia 8-track system nice. of some sort. But no, that would be uh, that would be fabulous. But no, we were talking about this today. I was talking about this with a couple of friends uh, about how Ford cars in the 70s used to be a little bit naughty somehow. Mm-hmm. A bit, yeah, a bit, you know, mm-hmm. new slag, kind of. Mm-hmm. A bit, a bit, there was a bit of the sort of uh, dodgy geezer about them. The, yeah. the Capri and yeah. the Cortina Mark III with a little sort yeah. of hip. Bulge. And the first Granada, again, bit sleazy, yeah. bit naughty somehow. Yeah. Geezer. Yeah. And they've lost that, and maybe it's because we're getting old and nostalgic, but I sort of miss that. And the Mondeo is anything but. It's very sort of streamlined, Germanic precision engineering, a lot of electronics, a lot of flashing displays on the dashboard. It's a perfectly good car, and I think... Um, it, it probably won't sell because it's not a BMW or a Mercedes or an Audi or whatever people I, want these days. I was going to say, if I had a choice of a company car, which most Mondeos are, right, you mm. know, given the, what are we talking about, 18 grand here you might get to spend mm. on a car, say, right, or shall I have the BMW or the Mondeo with all the bells and whistles? No, I've got a jumper with the word Gap on it. <laughs> I wear Armani suits. I like Nike written on my trainers. I want the brand BMW exactly. on my yeah. car, which is an absolute crying shame because the Mondeo is probably a well, the Mondeo is an equally good car. Put it this way, we've driven the S-Max when we did the London Grand yeah, Prix yeah. and we know the S-Max is a great car. The best. And the Mondeo is on the same chassis and there is mm. no reason to suspect the Mondeo will be anything but a lovely car to drive and it looks quite nice, particularly the estate. I mean, the estate looks, looks very handsome and it's just fine. There's nothing wrong with it except that it's a Ford. 
you've got a hotline to the Ford Motor Company, haven't you? In, in that you, you you spent some time with one of the Callums. Now you, there there are two Callums yeah. in the, the the Ford Empire, aren't there? There's Ian, who is the head of design or whatever he's called at Jaguar, and there's Moray uh, Callum, who does it, the old Aston Martin. Oh uh, yeah, he's Mazda, I think. Now I can't remember. Right. He's gone now. But uh, no, it's not a hotline. All that happens is um, occasionally I go to sort of motor industry type parties and things, which sounds more exciting than it is. But it doesn't sound exciting from the start. It's not like I'm hanging out with Oasis or something. <laughs> but one thing you can guarantee no, no, is that you're hanging out with Iosis. Oh, hey, boom. thank you. <laughs> but one thing you can guarantee is that you go to um, a, a sort of a party thrown by like what car or something, which yeah. I did the, the other week, and um, and Ian Callum will be there. Because uh, he uh, he's he's a great bloke to have a drink with and have a bit of a chat and a moan about stuff. So, and he's brilliant because he's really good value. He's got very very clever opinions about things. And, and he's, he's really good at designing cars. Well, I mean, the new Jags are well, with the exception well, of the of the XJ. That facelifted XJ. I didn't ask him about that because I did see him at Geneva and I didn't say you know were you out that day but uh, <laughs> but that CXF concept oh! the thing that points the way to the new S type replacement which will be called the XF in real life is is stunning it's a fabulous oh! looking thing I'm and getting excited because I like the look I love well, the grill of that car here's the skinny here's the skinny go on you got to be quick because uh, Ian Calm told me they, that concept shown at Geneva that's it they're going to try and put it under a cloth now and not show people because it's done its job Wait till you see the real thing. It's coming very, very soon. Uh, there are dozens and dozens of prototypes out there now testing. They're going all out, crazy testing that car to get it right, and it's coming very, very, very soon. And he promises me it's about 75% like the concept, and R- it will be good. Richard, admit it, you're excited? I am excited. Good. That's it. You've been listening to Gareth Jones on Speed. We've got to go because we'll be back with another show on March the 18th, the very day that the Formula One season starts in Australia within a couple of hours we hope of the race being over, there'll be a Gareth Jones on speed for you to download uh, say boom shakalak Richard hear me now, and that's it Back. <laughs> Gareth Jones on speed was a thoroughly sensible production by Whizbang. <laughs>